a Jaguars fan and a Rutgers fan walk into a bar. Just kidding. They're the same person. His name is Goose, and he joins me for this episode to talk all things Jags, all things Scarlet Knights, and we're talking about the NFL draft. It's football. It's wine. It's all the time. wine. I'm so excited to be back here. Another episode. I already see our viewers trickling in as we hit that one second countdown. So thank you guys. As always, uh, we took a little bit of a two week hiatus. I don't know if you see behind me, but it is a disaster in my house because my boyfriend and I got a puppy. So I've been super busy the last two weeks, but I appreciate you guys hanging on and waiting for me to come back. My new puppy's name is Gus. He is the cutest little yellow lab lab you'll ever see. So check me out on Twitter and Instagram and you'll see so many pictures of Gus. Gus will be a co-host in the future. I totally, uh, you know, can guarantee that, but he's just getting, getting his sea legs right now as a little baby. So don't worry. He will, he will be on here soon, but a lot has happened over the last two weeks, but I'm happy you guys are here with me tonight. We're going to go over maybe some things that you've heard over the last two weeks, but we're looking forward to the draft next week as well. And just kind of some general thoughts of the NFL college football and things like that. I have my wine glass with me, my handy dandy Alabama wine glass, got my giants Jersey on. And I'm so excited to get this episode started because I have a great guest with me tonight. So without further ado, here's my guest. His name is Goose. Goose, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Third and Wine. How are you doing? Yes, I got my wine too. Yeah. Bubbly Chardonnay. A little Ooh, a bubble. Twist I off. Always twist off when you're home. Well, that's fine, honestly. So I am a huge wine drinker, obviously, if you can get the name of the show. Uh, Twist-offs are actually fine. Some people deem them as it's not a good quality wine. So uh, you can get a twist-off because some of them are unoaked and they don't have a cork in them. So that is not always a bad thing. So I don't like an oaky Chardonnay, and I'm also a Chardonnay drinker. So I love that you have a bubbly Chardonnay. That's interesting. I'm going to have to look into that. But I am drinking Buttery, sorry, buttery. Oh, Oh, see, I don't like buttery see i don't like so i wouldn't like yours but i've got a nice crisp i've got ice on it here as well so goose again thank you so much for joining me on this episode can you go ahead and just you know give the audience uh low down who you are what you do where they can follow you yeah so um as you guys see my, my name's goose i am a Rutgers grad i i live in new jersey and um I got the devil's game on mute, devil's hockey, big, big time right now. But yeah, so I went to Rutgers. I worked with the Rutgers football team as an equipment manager for them. And I'm just fully invested. Everything mm-hmm. Rutgers, football, basketball. I'll even watch like lacrosse for Rutgers, everything. And you'll see me tweet about that from time yeah. to time. I am also a Jaguars fan, even though I'm from New Jersey. That's interesting. What's the story behind that? So my brother's eight years older than me, and he used to always have his friends come over. And Madden was the hot game growing up in the early 2000s. And 
the way my brother and his friends played, we had to pick random teams, just click the random button and use that team. And I finally beat my one brother's friend using the Jaguars. It was Maurice Jones-Drew rookie Ooh. year. Um, in, in Madden, he went by Maurice Drew Jones for his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was his name growing up. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I like the color. I, I use them in Madden. And I've been tortured ever since, pretty much. Except now. Yeah. Now, now. Well, <laughs> maybe now we'll get into that though kind of where you guys are now you know as an organization but super interesting you know I love your ties both to you know going to school at Rutgers you know working for the team I love you know your backstory with Jacksonville it's not I I love talking to people you know this is only my fifth episode of third and wine but I was doing the real football fans in New Jersey prior to this anytime we had a guest on you know it's not always like a cookie cutter like approach to how you become a fan for something like Mm -hmm. I have a unique story with Alabama and I think you know sometimes the more unique story is the better so you weren't forced into a fandom maybe by your family by your friends you know you kind of chose this and here you are x amount of years later and you're still a fan to this day so I very much appreciate that. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's get into some news around the NFL. Uh, Obviously, this came out in the last two weeks, but I didn't go live. Uh, You know, listen, Dan Schneider, selling the commanders. So this is a a hot ticket item here. It's super popular because, in my opinion, Dan Schneider is probably the biggest pieces of shit that walked planet Earth. And thank God, finally, I don't know if it can turn the franchise around, though. That's something that I'll be skeptical for for the next probably, I don't even want to say like five to eight seasons. Like I really like I don't want to put it like a strong number on it, but it's definitely something that's questionable. But, you know, what are your thoughts on this, this sell that was needed to happen? So I think a big part of it is, um, I guess, let's see where they relocate. Now, they're going to stay in the DC area, but right. there's chatter that they might even come to the city of okay. District of Columbia. I feel like that will help a lot, um, just help the vibes, a nicer stadium, an owner that people want to play for. It's a big market at the end of the day. It is. So um, I, I think I think with the right moves, the owner could change things around. Um, it looks like he's a really big sports guy. He owns the Devils. He also owns the 76ers. So yep. I guess he's pretty experienced in owning teams. Right. So I think there is a chance, but – at the end of the day, it comes to the talent. Um, it comes to who he hires as general manager and things like that. And we'll have to see that part. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting you bring up the fan base because they, they they have a huge fan base. I think at the end of the day, like everyone just kind of sits around and like everyone's just, they're like a laughing stock in the NFL right now. But there are so many fans tied yeah. to, you know, the commanders when they were the Washington Redskins to FedEx field, everything like that. There's just so much history behind it with that fans and good for those fans. I would have jumped ship to be honest. Like I am a devoted fan for many things. I, I, there's just so many things I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, stand for, for forgive for them, but listen, they're sticking around. So you're right. There might be a light at the end of the tunnel for what's coming in for them there. All right, something uh, today, actually. So we have three stories from today. Uh, So DeMar Hamlin was actually cleared for football activity. So this one's pretty interesting. You know, he did come out and he said, like, I totally understand. Like, I'm coming off cardiac arrest. Like, I basically did die on the field. Like, it's not something I'm jumping into again. But talk about a crazy story. Like, it's, you know, him coming back from something that's going to be in our brains, in our minds for the rest of our lives as football fans. 
Yeah, so I, I try to put myself almost like in his shoes. Like, the reality is you kind of have to be crazy to be a safety in the NFL. Right. The collision rate is just wild. Um, people running full speed into you. And I guess I guess he just has that drive. I mean, mm-hmm. I just want to see him healthy. It's going to be kind of weird watching him play. The Bills are a team I have interest in. Um, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I went to high school with their the Bills' left tackle. He's a good buddy of mine, Deion Dawkins. Oh, cool. And so I try to watch him all the time. Our our bar in Rahway, Butch Coles, has turned into a Bills bar. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we try to keep an eye on the Bills, and it's going to be a little weird um, if he actually does make this comeback. Let's see yeah. how uh, – if he's hesitant because the NFL is so quick. It's so, so if he's yeah. a little hesitant – off of this injury, maybe unfortunately he flames out, but it'll go I'll, too quick. I'll yeah, be rooting for him, even though how weird it'll be to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So other news from today: so the Steelers did make a trade for Allen Robinson. So obviously Allen Robinson will not be going back to the Los Angeles Rams. Personally, I like I got to go into the trade details a little bit more, but I think this is a win for the Steelers. Uh, I think after even like. It's not even when Juju like left the team. It was when Juju Smith couldn't fill that WR1 mm-hmm. spot. Like there was so much confidence that he would be, you know, their wide receiver one for that organization. And he never fully fit it. And now he's moved on X amount of time. So I still feel like they're kind of in this rut there. They've got a great running game, but I just think they're trying to figure some things out, maybe some rookies, some other players. So I really like Allen Robinson as a player. I think this is a W for them. Again, I do have to go into the details of the trade a little bit more, so I can't fully say who won the trade, but Mm -hmm. what are your initial thoughts here? So Allen Robinson is a former Jag as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He came up with the Jaguars, and I'm a a big fan of his. Um, It does seem like he's lost a step. The last two years have been really rough with Chicago and with the Rams, but before he was a Jaguar, he went to Penn State. Yep. Penn State, Pittsburgh. Kind of close. Maybe this little homecoming can Mm -hmm. bring him back. And from what I heard, um, the Steelers aren't on the hook for a lot of money. So it's kind of great. Like, all right, let's say if he is washed, you're not paying him that much. And, yeah, the Steelers have some young receivers, George Pickens. Uh, Allen Robinson kind of plays like him. Maybe it's a Mm -hmm. little mentor role. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, like you said, like when you're not spending like a certain amount of dollars, you are looking to fill for certain purposes. Is it just, I need this guy for, for one season as the Steelers figure everything out, you know, with, you know, Pickens with Kyle Pickett, things like that. Um, Or does he come in and he's playing that mentorship role, like you had said. So again, when it's not a huge dollar amount on the line, like you can definitely, you know, kind of play around with things there. Yeah. Um, and then final story from today, one of the, obviously we're, I, I don't want anybody to be like log off and be like, Hey, they're not talking about, we're obviously going to talk about Jalen Hurts and contract. I do have a question yes. though, for Goose tied into that, but today though, and this is interesting for you because he did play for the Jaguars, you know, pretty upsetting news. So uh, mm-hmm. former NFL defensive end, Chris Smith, uh, unfortunately was pronounced dead today at 31. There really is no cause of death. Uh, so young though, which is, it's kind of always terrifying to see. So he's, you know, played at Arkansas. He was on the Jags, Bengals, Raiders, Texans, uh, on the Browns. I think that was probably the biggest, you know, impact yeah. he made. And unfortunately, you know, this season he was actually playing for the XFL. Uh, he was on the Seattle uh, Sea Dragons. So definitely weird there. But again, I know he he did play for your Jags. So I wonder, you know, do you remember, you know, his play at all or anything like that? So um, 
No, unfortunately, I really don't. Um, yeah. I think he played in some really rough Jaguar years. Probably. Um, <laughs> there was there was a real there was a time when the Jags were almost unwatchable. But yeah, it's yeah, it's such a violent game. I mean, we love it. It is a huge yeah. source of entertainment. Um, and that's just me kind of assuming that football played a role into a role this. in it. I'm not. I'm actually not even sure at all what happened. It's just, I don't think uh, anyone is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a violent game, but. We love it, and uh, yeah, that, that's why it's great. Like we'll talk about Jalen Hurts. Like mm-hmm. these players, they they have to go out and get paid. Um, right. it's, they're risking their lives. So they really are. Yeah, I mean, we saw it firsthand. We talked about Demar Hamlin earlier. They really, they really are. So uh, going into that, so you know. Goose, this is my first question for you, but just kind of set the stage here. So Jalen Hurts has signed a five-year extension. Um, so this deal is worth about uh, $255 million over five seasons. So $179 of that is uh, guaranteed. Uh, so we're looking at like $51 million uh per season here. So I think with all of this, he does become the highest paid player in history. So it's like move over Patrick Mahomes, but with, you know, a contract like this, you know, no matter how it's structured, we're talking about big dollars here. You see what Daniel Jones just got with the New York giants. You have a young quarterback that seems to be making his way so far in Trevor Lawrence. Does this make you nervous in the coming seasons to when you're going to have to pay him? I've been searching for the word and I don't think yeah. I wouldn't call it nervous. Mm-hmm. It's exciting, even though it might like strip down the team. Right. Um, the Jack, I had to sit through Byron Lefwich, David Garrard, Blaine Gabbard, Blake Bortles, and Gardner Minshew. Hey, Blake Bortles, not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it's so like I get it. Like we're gonna have right. to pay Trevor Lawrence probably a lot of money. We're mm-hmm. gonna end up losing cap space because of that. But there's a few things that I'm not too worried about Um, the Jaguars owner. He's rated the seventh richest owner in the NFL. And I feel like that's important because if he dishes out the money, you can structure it. So the cap hit isn't that big. Um, And again, like the cap hits always going to be pretty big, but with him owning the team, he looks like he's ready to invest. Um, And I saw something pretty interesting that I was kind of surprised at um, today when I was looking into this. Um, in 2012, the salary cap in the NFL was $123 million for a team. Ten years later, it's $223 million. Right. Like, like, I get it. He's probably. I hope he gets $50 million a year mm. at Trevor Lawrence because that means he's good. That means right. the Jaguars trust him. But, like, the salary cap keeps going up. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you just mentioned, he's getting paid $45 million a year, which is a lot. Mm. At the same time, these quarterbacks keep going higher. Going up. Yep. And Joe Burrow's going to get more. And Justin Herbert's going to get more. Lamar's going to get more. I think. Sure I don't know. Is. I don't know what the Ravens are doing. But yeah. I feel like it's just the reality, and it's the reality right. I want to be in because I finally have a quarterback I can watch. And um, yeah, I mean, like, I get it. Um, I also feel when we talk about these quarterback extensions and people look at me as a Jaguars fan, like I get it. The Jaguars are a small market, Mm -hmm. but Trevor Lawrence is not going to leave. He's going to settle with the Jaguars. I just, he grew up in a small town in Georgia. He went to Clemson, which is no huge city. 
He's now in Jacksonville. He's a Southern boy, and right. this is his home. So I feel like with all his endorsements, and he still gets endorsements. He's in Jacksonville on these Gatorade and Subway commercials. Yeah. long hair. <laughs> I just, I know things are going to work out. I don't think he's going <clears> to <throat> hold Jags hostage, and I think he wants to win. I think that's a big part of it. I mean, everyone wants to win. I, that, that Maybe that comes off a little wrong, but no, I think yeah. he'll, he'll try to do a team-friendly-ish deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I never thought Daniel Jones would hold the New York Giants hostage, but we did mm -hmm. see some. No, I don't know. It was his definitely his agents that were holding some people hostage. But um, it's it's fair to think that, you know, I appreciate your comment that it's a reality that, you know, you're OK with being a part of. Um, mm -hmm. It's when you look at that dollar amount, and I'm thinking of the next generation, I am thinking of Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, I'm thinking of those guys, because it's coming, whether you like it or not. So I think you're embracing it pretty well, because it is around the corner. And you're not this fan that's kind of kicking it to the curb. You know, I think Giants fans did that they kicked it to the curb, knowing that Daniel Jones was going to be coming to ask for money. But we kind of all just like, you know, through a blind eye, like it's not going to be anything crazy. And it turned out being crazy. And it was this internal warfare for Giants mm -hmm. fans for about three weeks. So I think you're entering it, you know, very smartly. Um, so I think that's good. But it leads me to my next question. So you seem to be very in on uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I will fully transparently say I am not the biggest Trevor Lawrence believer. Um, mm -hmm. I actually don't see him particularly doing that great in the NFL. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of him in college. Um, and I just, that just been my thought process there. Um, you know, I don't have too much to back up on it, but I always like to be proved wrong. So what is it about Trevor Lawrence that proves to you that he is your franchise quarterback, but not just your franchise quarterback, that he will be a very successful NFL quarterback. So in my introductory, I also mentioned, like, I'm a huge Rutgers fan. Mm -hmm. But um, growing up, my favorite quarter college quarterback that I've watched I probably was Taj Boyd, a Clemson okay. Tiger, in when I was in high school, the early two, mm -hmm. or the, about 2010-ish era. And that kind of attracted me to Clemson. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to leave the state of New Jersey when I went to college. So I didn't even apply to Clemson, but so I've kind of always had an eye on Clemson. And then I got to watch Trevor Lawrence and his rook, his freshman year was unbelievable. He did. He didn't have the greatest sophomore and junior year and he definitely didn't have a good rookie year. So it is fair to question. I feel like, but um, I also, I joke around about this, but can we really even look at Trevor Lawrence's rookie year at all? He had Urban Meyer as his head coach. And I mean, hey, I say that all the time with Daniel Jones, and everyone throws darts at my face when I say it. So if you're going to openly say it, just be ready for them to come right at you. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't even look at Trevor Lawrence's rookie year, except that it made him a stronger person. Okay. But Urban Meyer, from everything that I hear, was so hostile. It's yeah. kind of insane that he was trusted to be an NFL head coach. I, it's one of the most... Um, it's like, I, I want to put it on like unsolved mysteries. Like I want them to do an episode of why mm -hmm. the hell was Urban Meyer hired? <laughs> but thankfully our billion dollar owner who might not be the smartest got rid of them halfway right. through the year. Right. So I got to give him credit for owning yes. his mistake. Now I look at Trevor Lawrence last year and he did start three. 
key. The Jaguars did start three and seven to mm-hmm. start the year. That's not good. Um, no. And then they have their bye week. And ever since their bye week, they went seven and two, including the playoffs. The first game out of the bye week, they played the Ravens. And the Jaguars were down six with a minute 30 seconds to go with no timeouts. Trevor Lawrence grew up in front of my eyes. He orchestrated a beautiful drive when I believe it was five for six, about 80 yards, scored the touchdown. And they went for two and they won by one. That moment proved to me like i feel like he got his swagger back in that okay. moment he stumbled against the lions shout out picari i hope he's watching he was a great guest by the way thank you he did a great job against at tennessee a division rival mm-hmm. and versus the cowboys he threw for 700 yards and, and seven touchdowns i just i feel like the bye week he finally just looked himself in the mirror and just knew he can do it um, and I feel like he's really turned a corner. Mm-hmm. He had a horrible, horrible first half against the Chargers. And people will watch that and say, that's why he's not a franchise quarterback. I okay. get it. But his leadership is why I feel like he's a franchise quarterback. Okay. The team didn't blink an eye. The defense played great. But Trevor Lawrence in that second half against the Chargers to come down from 27 points, he was hitting every receiver left and yeah. right. He was demanding in the huddle, you do this, you do that. And they listened. I just feel like mm-hmm. a quarterback throws four interceptions in a half and your team's going to quit on you. But yeah. that just shows to me the kind of leader, the kind of person he is. So I feel like he has that mm-hmm. aspect. And yeah, I just feel like the only question mark is, which probably is a big reason why you're not a fan of, he throws some pretty bad interceptions because there's when he's in a funk, he only looks at one receiver. Yeah. But I feel like after that bye week, he really started looking at the other receivers. So I'm interested to see okay. how his next year goes. If he if he only locks eyes on one receiver, he won't last in the NFL mm-hmm. that long. But if he yeah. finally opens his eyes like he, he did, I'm very excited. So there is a question mark behind it. Yeah. I understand that. He's never going to be Patrick Mahomes. Well, I shouldn't say never. Well, no one should be, honestly. Like, and I just, like, I I really do hate the QB comparison, like, Mm -hmm. narrative out there. It's with, it's, you know, I feel bad for guys like Bryce Young, CJ Shroud, and, Mm -hmm. you know, Anthony Richardson. They're not even in the NFL yet. And they're already getting compared to everyone left and right. It's like, Jesus Christ, let them walk on the field for, like, a second. Like, it just so... I, I think Trevor Lawrence can be his own. Um, it's still, for me, it's way up in the air what he will be. You know, I think, you know, some of the good points that you had brought up were, you know, the team still heavily relying on him and trusting him after a horrendous first half. You know, it's, you think horrendous. of a... That was you, yeah, you think of, you know, you as a player around that position, them coming up to you in the second half being like, well, guys, please listen, I promise I could do it. Well, you know, dude, you let us down big time, you know, and they weren't just like four interceptions that were just kind of your standard day to day. Like they were bad, like you said, like he throws bad, bad interceptions. Yes. Um, and I think it's also a good point for you to bring up as well, you know, kind of where you're seeing the trouble with why he's doing that. If he mm-hmm. gets into a funk, he has this tunnel vision on one 
one person, like I know you, I can hit you, but actually at the end of the day, I might not be able to, if I'm in this little funk here. So if you as a fan are able to identify, you know, that weakness right there of a huge problem that he has, I'm sure he's going to be able to identify it. And those around him that are trusted to coach him and to guide him are as well. But Doug so, Peterson's a heck of a coach, a former quarterback himself, won a Super Bowl for yeah. the one team we won't speak about. No, we don't on this, speak but <laughs> he's a heck of a coach. And that's another reason why I think Trevor can be a franchise quarterback. Just the guy installs confidence in his mm -hmm. players and teaches them the ways and coaching yeah. really matters. And look at Daniel Jones. He had a career year. Coaching really matters. Brian it really, it does. I can tell you that firsthand that coaching, coaching really matters. So mm -hmm. along the lines of the things, you know, that matter and that are important for, you know, a team to succeed, you know, what do you think Jacksonville needs to do this off season, um, you know, to start the year off strong and to prove what some people might say was, mm -hmm. you know, a fluke your end of the season last year. So kind of just what the, what the main thing, in my opinion, is um, like I just mentioned, Doug Peterson has to be Doug Peterson. Yeah. Um, coaching is going to win some games. Coaching is going to make up for some mistakes. And his track record shows that he's going to install confidence in his players. He's going to take some risks for better mm -hmm. or for worse. I like the entertainment, so for better for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, he just needs to be himself, install that in Trevor Lawrence, and – everyone's eyes are on Peterson and Lawrence and the rest yeah. will follow. Um, the Jaguars didn't have a lot of salary cap this year. So okay. it was a boring off season. They yeah. lost more players than they signed and they had to franchise tag Evan Ingram who didn't work <laughs> out for the giants. He, I was really I impressed. And surprised. <laughs> I could being in New Jersey, watching the giants so much. I couldn't believe the kind of year Evan Ingram had. And it's, it's mind boggling to me. It mind is. Boggling. I know. I don't think he dropped one pass where I was like, that's the and that's like all he did in the Giants. I know. I don't it, sometimes a change of scenery helps. Every, and, that's honestly, I've heard that from so many different people. So I maybe you're right. Maybe it is the warm yeah. weather helped him out. But at the end of the day, they had to franchise tag him instead of coming to, to terms with the contract. And that for a brand new player, tough. that's tough. A brand new player franchise tagging, like that's like that's tough. Yeah, yeah. And then when you franchise tag a player, all of that money goes to a cap hit, which was right. about ten and a half million. So they couldn't really sign a lot of free agents to get themselves better. Mm -hmm. And I think that they um. They have an extra fifth round pick in the draft, but they don't have like many like extra picks. So okay. I think the offseason, they're not going to get the talent they need where they need to be to be a legit Super Bowl contender. I do think that they are a year away from competing. But I think this year, the way they'll prove that they're not frauds is they're in arguably <laughs> the weakest division. So that's going to yeah. help. Um, we look at the Titans. Yeah. Derrick Henry's amazing. Vrabel's amazing. They don't have a quarterback. We no. look at the Texans, new head coach. Uh, they don't have a quarterback. We look at the Colts. They don't have a quarterback. All three of them can yeah. draft a rookie. So the Jaguars have a step up in that regards. Right. So go nine and eight this year. Make the playoffs because I doubt yeah. any of them will go be above 500. Okay. Be 
like announced to the NFL world that they're two years in a row above 500 and then take it from there. Um, I just think they need to have the confidence and the realization that they're in a weak division. They yeah. can do this. Just win your division. The rest will follow. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's Install a fair. Culture. Keep installing the culture. Yeah. That the Jaguars are not a pushover. And that'll attract free agents. Uh, there's no state income tax in Florida. Look at Jalen. <laughs> he just went to the Miami Dolphins because of that, basically. Right. We're going to want to come play for Jacksonville, play for Trevor Lawrence. Yep. So. All right. <laughs> Let's switch over to college real quick, because obviously you are a Rutgers fan. So anytime I can have a guest on the show that is into college football. So uh, that's why I'm really excited about, you know, my new podcast, Third and Wine, because we are going to be incorporating, you know, college as well. Um, so obviously big Rutgers fan. So what is your, you know, biggest concern going into the 2023 season for Rutgers? Um, and just like a follow-up question to that, you know, what seems, you already have your schedule, what seems to be like the toughest stretch for you? We're talking about Rutgers. I got to pour more. Pour wine. a glass of wine. Okay. Hey, listen, though, I, I must say the the hype and the chatter the last two seasons around Rutgers, I uh, I got to tell you, um, and actually I one of the, um, I, I do know one of the players, I'm like blanking on his name now, but he went to my brother's former high school and then like transferred. He's a good, he's a good player. He's a young player for them. So, but um, don't worry. I think like I said, I think the last two years, it's been, you know, the the hype and the stuff, it's, it's coming it's coming back there. So you're an Alabama fan. You had Roddy on who's a Georgia fan. You had Bakari on who's a Michigan fan. Life's a lot different when you're not <laughs> when when you're not a big time college football school. Um, I totally understand that. I mean, I don't understand what you are, but I I openly accept that I'm not in your position. So expectations are wildly different. Um, okay. There's a couple stats I want to give about Rutgers. Sure. I feel like it'll paint the picture. Greg Schiano, this is going to be his fourth season back at Rutgers. He's six and 20 in the big 10. But, I swear. I thought you guys like just rehired him last year. But six and 20 sounds bad, right? Right. They're, they've been in the big 10 six years prior. Those coaches went seven and 45. Okay. All I right. Get it. Like six and twenty is bad, but it's better than seven it's and forty-five. Progress. So I'm a big Shiano believer. He turned he turned that around, and he has to, but he has to keep doing it. Okay. Um, I feel like I do have to dive into the almost like the politics of Rutgers, which sure. is this is this all paints the picture. Okay. You're in New Jersey. I'm not sure if you heard Rutgers, the teacher union, the adjunct professors are on strike. Yes. And they want more money. They should, they should, they deserve, they deserve to be paid more money. Mm -hmm. I get it. But a big talking point is Greg Schiano makes $4 million a year and these teachers are underpaid. Yep. Very fair. Okay. Very fair. He makes so much money. These teachers have to go on strike for a comfortable wage. Well, he is a college football coach. So I just want the to yeah. paint that picture for everyone listening right now. I come from a family of teachers. They don't think they're getting Nick Saban's salary. So I'm just like, I'm painting that picture mm -hmm. as well. My biggest concern for Rutgers is I need the fans and the school to not derail the project. I need okay. the fans to continue to show up. Coach Yano. Under under Shiano, we averaged more fans than we did under Coach Ash and Coach Flood. 
So that's a positive. And I need the school to not make the Rutgers football team a dark cloud. I feel like they are building something here. That's fair. Um, And that is my biggest concern. Not the teams that we're going to play. Because I feel like that's being installed. They're they're being coached hard. Um, Some of these players, Isaiah Pacheco goes to Rutgers and he wins Mm -hmm. a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Like, you can do it at Rutgers. I just need the school and the fans to continue to buying in because no college recruit will want to go to Rutgers if they're going to average 10,000 fans per. Of course. Of course. So that is where my head is at. Um, I think a successful year will be five wins and seven losses. And that'll be successful. You're a realist. You're a realist. That's That would be successful if the young quarterback who's Gavin Wimsett, who's in his third year, he enrolled early. So he's the okay. age of a sophomore, but he skipped his senior year of high school. Okay. He, if he's you going can to his third do that? Year, that's it's a new thing. You can – really? Yeah. Um, How? years on Texas, he skipped his senior year of high school, went to Ohio State, ended up transferring to Texas. Gavin Wimsett skipped his senior year of high school, went to Rutgers early. I don't recommend oh, it because senior year, like, those are memories. But he wants – He's all in on Rutgers. It's not even memories. I just feel like you're see. I don't know. That's honestly, I gotta look at. That's the first time I've ever. I had no idea that was a thing. Now I do not agree with that. So yeah. But. So he's going to his third year. Um, I want to see him take control of the offense. Okay. I want to see him show signs of improvement. I want to see him compete. Mm-hmm. And if they get blown out, no, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I and I don't want to see them get completely blown out against these Ohio State and Michigans. Show some fight. Rutgers lost by 35 to Michigan last season, but they were winning at halftime. They need to learn right. how to sustain things. And I'm not saying go beat Michigan, but go lose to Michigan by 21 instead of 35. 35, yeah. And their schedule is really tough. So the schedule spots. Um, in all, all of these way too early top 25s, Rutgers plays four teams in, the, in that group. Wisconsin, okay. Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. None of those four are back-to-backs, which is pretty nice for me. That's good, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like they almost luck out in the schedule. Mm -hmm. And the stretch that I'm most concerned about, though, it has nothing to do with them. They open three games at home. Mm -hmm. They open versus Northwestern, a Big Ten team. Then they play Temple at home. Then they play Virginia Tech at home. If Rutgers can go 3-0, and they'll get to that five-win mark. It's going to be tough. Northwestern is a good team. They're going to have a player drafted in the top first round of the draft. They're going to have a player drafted in the second round of the draft. They produce some talent. But right. Rutgers will be at home. It'll be Labor Day weekend, and they know they know how to play up the war. That's a fun opening weekend. Yeah, the war before the shore is how they'll yeah. it. So I think opening the season strong <clears> – <throat> Showing some promise from their young quarterback, Gavin Winsett, who has the tools. He's six foot three, has a cannon of an arm. He's fast, so run some read option. I'm a big fan. He just sometimes when he throws a deep ball, it gets ballooned so high, like he's yeah. still in high school. <laughs> I've heard he's matured a lot, and I'm okay. very excited to watch him play. All right. 
Well, listen, I, I think you mapped out a very realistic season for Rutgers. You know, you gave a nice realistic, um, you know, record, um, but you're also hitting some bright spots. I think it's great that you're not, you know, going up against those four teams back to back to back. They're kind of spaced yeah. out. Your schedule looks like your opening weekend should be exciting. So hopefully you can get to the game if you are not going. I don't know if you're going or not. I'm but a season if- ticket holder. Oh. I, I'll, I'll be at the game unless something ha- pops up. But yeah. I'll, I'll be at everyone. That's exciting, of course. So, listen, I think there's some optimism there. But, you know, on the, the topic of Rutgers still, so the NFL draft is next Thursday. I cannot believe we're already inching that closer. Mm-hmm. Talk about some of the prospects that you guys have entering this draft this season. Just for those, you know, my followers that are listening and, you know, whether they're listening to the pod or watching live as they're mapping out their drafts for their teams, you know, who do you have coming in from a Rutgers perspective? And it doesn't have to be every single guy, just who, you know, just some main call outs here. So I have four that I'd like to touch upon. Real Great. Yeah. Um, if, if you fo- if, if people follow me on Twitter, they know I love the Rutgers punter. He <laughs> has, he, he has the most. Pun- You're giving me a punter first thing. The most punt yards <laughs> in college history. The record holder for most. Uh, but I'm here to tell you. I can't wait to I'm see just- who takes this guy. Right I'm, I'm here to tell you he's the way he punts. He he punts like an Aust- he's Australian. Okay, he holds the ball. Aren't the best him, ones? Ours is like Scottish. I think <laughs> he lets his line run down, and at the last second he punts it without it getting blocked. Okay, that's illegal in the NFL. So yeah. I'm yes. here to tell you that I don't. I'm 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 a huge fan of the punter. A college great. I don't know about his future in the NFL. Well, it doesn't honestly though, some team always gets pulls the trigger on a punter so damn early. So I wonder who's going after one quickly and is it gonna be this he's kid? ranked the third consensusly to many um Okay. Many, yeah. So he's not the top punter in the draft, but All right. I wish him the best. I just I'm concerned about his play style. Okay, that's fair. Um, Sticking with special teams, though, Rutgers has a really good return man who does mm-hmm. play some receiver. Um, Aaron Cruikshank, he, okay. he's electric. He had a horrible ankle injury two seasons ago, which made him even start this season kind of slow. But he, he came back. Um, he played through it. Towards the end of the year, he started – I think he returned one punt, and he returned a second one that was called back from a holding that didn't even affect the play. Um I, I've heard and I believe he'll make an impact on the NFL team as a return man. I mean, they win games. We saw yeah. with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they had a great return, set him up for a touchdown drive and yeah. Super Bowl on that. Listen, returners, I got to tell you, as a Giants fan, we are always tossing random people at return. We haven't had a solid, oh my God, who was that one guy we had like five, six seasons ago? Oh my God, it might have even been longer than that. Oh, I'm going to blank. He was like one of our best returners. And since then, the Giants have been like scrapping. And I swear we put one of our best players return this season. Hurt, right? Got hurt right away. Like, who? why are we doing that shit? Um, It is one. I I think it is a critical, critical position. So you have a guy who is really good at it, but then he like kind of plays receiver too. Mm -hmm. I think the NFL, you know, needed to start looking at, you know, punt returners as a solid, like, this is my position. This is all I do for the league. Like, I, I'm i really set in on that. I Yeah, he, he would be a great fit for the Giants. I could see him being like a sixth, seventh round draft pick, and that builds your roster. Um, then there's two safeties who 
I believe will make an impact. Christian okay. Izian will be not yours, but Christian Izian will be your favorite play non-star <laughs> player on your team. The guy is five foot eight and his arms are like this big. He's a safety. <laughs> he runs a four-four. He hits so hard. He create he forced um, fumbles. He had yeah. a one-handed interception against Nebraska, but he's five foot eight. So I think that's going to be a big challenge for him, but he is, his heart, he plays like okay. he's six three. I, th- right. I think he's going to be great. Um, not great, I, I shouldn't say. I think he's going to be a player. Okay. And whoever gets him will love him. And then there's Avery Young, mm-hmm. who's another safety. He's he's a free safety, though. Okay. Um, he played three years at corner, two at safety. And just one quick Avery Young nugget. He picked off C.J. Stroud this year. Good. And Nick – Singletary, the um, freshman, like all American running back for Penn State, he yep. made him fumble. So oh. he makes some interceptions, he gets some fumbles. I could see him being like a fourth, fifth rounder. Um, okay. And his he's just very diverse. I, like yeah. I said, he played safety, played corner, wherever you need him, he'll go. Hey, listen, that's a good slate of guys that you had just mentioned, especially, you know, if three of them you think maybe like anywhere from the fourth to the sixth round, you know. That's not bad. You know, it's you find your diamond in the rough in the later rounds for, you know, the most part. So you're going to always get your flashy big names, but, you know, you never know these days. So I I think it's great that, you know, you were able just to list four people coming out of Rutgers that could potentially make an impact on an NFL team in this coming season. So really good stuff there. Staying with the draft. Now let's go back to your Jags here. So, where do the Jaguars need to prioritize their picks in the draft? I think you had mentioned earlier they don't have a ton of real estate, but mm-hmm. um, kind of where do you need that prioritization? And as a fan, do you do you have any players kind of in mind right now? So there's four needs that I circled. Um, on the offensive side, they've invested so much on the offensive side mm-hmm. that there's oh, needs. You guys have, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's needs, but I wouldn't go with them day one. They could use a guard, okay. always protect protect Trevor Lawrence. Always. They could use a traditional tight end to play alongside Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram doesn't block. He's a big slot receiver. So they could use a bigger block. tight end. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's not, like, a pressing need. Mm-hmm. But okay. they, they need help on their defensive line, and they need help um, covering a tight end, like a nickel cornerback. Um, Gerald Everett in the playoffs – had 110 yards and a touchdown against the Jags. Travis Kelsey had 13 catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns against the Jags. The Jags can't cover the inside of the field. And there's a player from Alabama, um, Brian Branch, who plays that position. I would okay. love to have him on the Jaguars in the first round. If not, um, they're in a division, though, that it r- ran by three physical teams. Um, I assume D'Amico Ryans, the head coach of the Texans, will bring a physical aspect. Right. Uh, formal, um, Mike Vrabel, physical. The Colts just hired the Eagles offensive coordinator, physical. Right. Up the defense alignment. There's um, it's a guy from Clemson. There's two guys from Clemson, a D-end and a D-tackle. One of those two would be great by me. Brian right. Greasy and Miles Murphy. So those are my three guys. I want to go defense. I, okay. I, I don't want Trevor Lawrence to do everything. I want, right. I want that to help. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting time for sure. You know, as we enter draft season, I think, you know, for me, 
as a Giants fan, every year is hit or miss. I'm either like I'm locked in, like I know like what the Giants need, what I want, who I want as a person. I think last year was such a a whirlwind because I was so set on so many people. And then it came down to it. We ended up getting the two people that I wanted, which was amazing. <laughs> Back to, I don't know how, I still to this day do not know how the Giants pulled off that Houdini act and got both Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. But mm-hmm. I just, some years I, I feel like I go into it blindly and I feel like those might be some of the better years. Cause I'm not fully like, cause we're not, I think they have like the 27th pick. It's very yeah, late. The Jaguars pick one pick in front of them. I yeah. Think. It's um, you know, I, I was thinking wide receiver, you know, but then we kind of made some moves and I don't know if I want to take someone that early, but now we don't have a center anymore. So I'm like, do we pull the trigger on that real quickly? You know, it just, I, I don't know. So it's, it's, it's one of those years where I think I, I might be going into it blindly. I've got, you know, uh, I've got like the mock drafts down, like the one to tens of like where I think those people are going, but not having like a horse in the race in that low of a position this year. I'm not, it's like, it's one of those years because there's so many people and it's, a, it's such an interesting draft too, because you've got your like three to four quarterbacks that people are eyeing up, but mm-hmm. running backs are pretty, you know, uh, easy to eye up in this draft. I think um, yeah. I, I'm happy you mentioned defense. You know, there's a lot of talented players entering from that perspective as well. So I think it's going to be interesting across the board. So I, the giants need to do well, of course, but I'm very intrigued, you know, one to 26, what's going to be happening in this draft as well. And the NFL draft is such a show that you're going to have a long wait. I know. The, the, I... the pick for pick 26 is probably at 11 PM. Maybe even later. I know I have to like watch the top 10, maybe take a breather, like take a nap, yeah. set my alarm, come back, but no, I'll definitely be watching it all. So, but we'll, we will see for sure. So, all righty. Well, so far we've had an amazing episode goose. Thank you as always for providing all of this amazing insight. So I want to get to my favorite segment. We do it on every episode of third and wine. It is called Wine It Out. So, Goose, I'm giving you the opportunity to whine, complain about anything that you want to. You got a glass of wine. It's filled. Take a sip and whine it out to our audience. I got a couple of things. Oh, see, and that's why I love this segment, because every time I bring it up, someone's like, you know what? I got it. (laughs) Let it go. What's good with pollen? I ha- I'm I'm amazed. I haven't sneezed this episode. I think I've sneezed like 60 times today. It's it's bad. It's and you see it like it rained. You're obviously from New Jersey. We had a really it rained over the weekend. It just on the ground. You saw it just the next day. And to know that that was like in the air and on the trees the day before, like is disgusting. Yeah, I've been in, I've been in a lot of pain. I I've had bloody noses this oh, week. Every morning, I've been crying. I'm at work shedding a tear because my allergies. Someone comes up to me, Matt, are, are, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, my allergy pill isn't working. I have a prescribed <laughs> allergy pill and it's not working. working. <laughs> it's a tough time. I actually, I did not develop allergies until later in life. So I'm 31 years old. I have not, I had not started getting affected. Uh, and I'm not even like fully bad like people, but I think I was like two, three years ago is when I actually started like, and it was like the things like I didn't know, like I was waking up with bloody noses. I was 
just my eyes were just like constantly watery and like droopy. And I was like, what's going on with me? And like, I'm explaining symptoms to someone. They were like, you have allergies? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no. So later, like, and that's a thing, like late onset allergies in life is a thing, people. So don't be scared like me turning like 29 years old and panicking that you have no idea what's wrong with you. You have allergies. That sounds brutal. It's okay. <laughs> Another thing I need to whine and complain about. A year and three days from now, I have the greatest day of my life. I get to marry my best friend. Oh, congratulations. Thank but now you. complain about it. <laughs> Why weddings got to be so expensive? Oh, man. my goodness. I'm not oh. married, but I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. The venues, they charge so much. I mean, you get a lot. You get so much food. You get the hall. We're going to have a live band. Oh, love that. not going to go the DJ route. And oh, love that for you guys. They want an arm and a leg and flowers. and Flowers, apparently, are the worst thing. I got to tell you, I've heard numbers of flowers from people. This might be a, a decision that hurts people's feelings. I don't think I'm going to have flowers at my wedding, so... Listen, if you're my family listening, watching, if you're my friends, if you're Chris, sorry. I think we're going flowerless. We F found that. a really good deal, but it's it's a I'll lot. I'll plant my own flowers and bring them. Yeah, exactly. And like, you got to, I'm getting married at a church. I'm Catholic. And mm -hmm. like, you got to pay to take a class. You do. I get married at the church and I got to pay for my suit, she has to pay for her dress. And I just want to buy a house. But these weddings are so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have like 250 people. Oh, some wow. Good for you. say that's really big. Some are That's huge. Oh, no. That's like a, I mean, I would say that's probably like a standard New Jersey wedding. But like, that is big. Like, that is big. That's yeah. a big wedding. I don't so, even know like five people. <laughs> I'm so excited. But Man, I had to hash that out. I got, I got to sip to that. I got to sip. Good. To that. Well, cheers to you and the wedding. But you know, let the let's figure the money thing out. Yeah, yeah. I think do you, you have one more. I do. I do. No, you um, go. This is listen. This is your time. I got to complain about the Sunday NFL ticket prices. You know what? I had I read about that, and I um I work in social media actually, and I, I help a lot of like our employees like go out and like talk about like relevant like stuff like on you know social and things like that. Um, and that was one of the things like I was feeding to them. I was like, oh, who has NFL ticket? Like, if you're not happy, like post about this. I was like giving them like conversations to start like online, and yeah. that was like a popular one. So, what are what are your thoughts on it? So. At, at home, we never had NFL ticket, but mm -hmm. my family owns a, a sports bar. We had to pay 2200 bucks last year for NFL ticket. When, when, when you're in an establishment, they charge you by occupancy. They charge you by television. We have right. nine TVs, yeah. and we have every game on in a circle. It's amazing. That's cool. We had to dish out 2200 bucks last year for mm -hmm. NFL ticket. I'm nervous what it is this year. I really hope it doesn't yeah. go higher than 2500 for an establishment. I saw if you're not a YouTube TV subscriber, it's going to either be, I think it's 360 bucks if you go by one date and it's 430 right. bucks if you go by another. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. You know what? Like, honestly, and I can agree with you, like, on all of these things, like, streaming i feel and like paying for packages we're, we're supposed to make our lives so much easier but 
what it's come to in current day is that there's now way too many different options or what you were watching here comfortably is now only available here. So you have to go and spend that one. Oh, but if you were watching this and it was great, you have to spend an extra amount of dollars now or like what they're doing with NFL. It just like it's what was again, like I said, what was supposed to make our lives so much easier and actually cable cutting and doing certain things like this was actually supposed to be more affordable is now making people a little bit more crazy because it is all adding up. It is way too much. Not every device supports every type of thing you want to watch and use and everything like that. So I totally agree with you. And and the NFL, like they just need to stop making partnerships with like these, with just outside parties. Like you are the NFL, like you are a huge brand. Just run with what you can. You just stop. Like, cause at the end of the day, like you can partner with someone and maybe you'll make more money, but you're just screwing the fans over. And honestly, listen, you screw us over every freaking day of our lives. Yeah. So enough. They're even screwing the players over. Yep. Amazon wants better games on Thursday night football that they're going to like flex Thursday night games. Like what, what if I have a flight and I'm landing on no. Friday for a Sunday game, but now the game's on Thursday. Like, no, what? Thursday night football sucks. The yeah. NFL on Amazon sucked this year. It was the yeah. dumbest thing ever. Like, don't like stuff there. I can tell you uh, how many Thursday night games there was this year. Goose, I got to be honest. I don't think I watched like five or six of them. Like I really didn't because it. I have Amazon Prime. Great. I know a ton of people that don't. Like I think of my parents. Like that was something, mm -hmm. and it, it's not okay. And like I get it. Like there's that stereotype out there. Like parents being like, "What do I do? All this stuff." No, my parents aren't idiots. They're not stupid. They literally have Netflix. They have literally everything else you need. I just don't think they had Amazon Prime, and they were just like, "Oh, like I'd have to like go and download this." Like it's not like an age thing or like being silly. It's just like, Oh, now I have to go and I can't just watch on yeah. the TV that I literally paid for and what I'm paying for to watch. Like, I just think the NFL is doing some stupid partnerships, honestly. And I think NFL ticket really wraps up underneath that just kind of like stupid decisions that they're making. So, but so I agree with you. Listen, I clearly just bitched about that because I totally am 100% there. I swear to God, in a couple of years, if I just can't watch the NFL on like a standard, like if I miss a Giants game, like they are going, like I'm going to wreak havoc on the NFL. Like I really, yep, they will get, like Roger Goodell will get a straight punch in the face because well, they, just, they just extended his contract too. I don't know why. So he's going to be the commissioner to the day I die, probably. We're, we're from New Jersey. We'll find him. We will, 100%, 100%. But all right, Goose, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I absolutely loved this episode of Third and Wine. You know, one of my favorite things about this podcast, you know, starting it up is that I'm bringing in so many different voices, so many people with different opinions, different fan bases. That is the biggest thing too, you know, tapping into not only a Jaguars fan, but a Rutgers football fan. Finally, someone like me, I'm a Giants and an Alabama. You know, I love the diversity out there and everything like that. So it's been truly great the last five episodes, pulling so many different people in from so many different fan bases. And again, so many different thoughts, opinions, things like that. So Goose, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. I appreciate everyone who tuned in live on Facebook, YouTube, excuse me, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And everyone who taps in, obviously, to the podcast later on. I appreciate that as well. But with that being said, a big old cheers to this episode of Third and Wine. 
Goose again. Thank you. Thank yes, you I had a blast. So much. I can't believe how fast time went. That was great. I know, right? Well, thank you, everyone, and I will catch you on the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.